It's what a weird week for Friday, February 17th, 2023. If the giant wiener isn't safe, none of us are. Hi, everybody, it's weird. This is like crazy being here. Like really weird, weird tale. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. Hey, you guys, welcome back or welcome first time. Welcome to the What a Weird Week podcast. Every Friday, we do a Weird News of the Week Top 10. We put all the links, the videos, the photos in a show notes blog. You can click show notes.page. That's an easy way to find the What a Weird Week stuff. And also uh, check us out on the YouTubes where we do an enhanced episode with video. The video. 10. All right, here we go. Very old motorbike breaks record. It's 115 years old. It's a Harley Davidson. It looks like a bicycle. When it went up for auction, the guy just carried it in. Top speed? Don't know. I doubt you could jump the Snake River Canyon on this thing. It's sold for a record amount. That's the the record we're talking about is the most anyone's ever paid for an old motorbike. Almost a million dollars. So, I mean, I know this is not for driving around purposes. This is a collector item or, you know, conversation piece, work of art, whatever. But I would like to see this old motorbike fixed up, taken down to the track, and then take on all challengers. Like, um... Maybe high school track team versus this very old motorbike, 100-year-old motorbike. Let's get that going. No Olympians, though. I don't think the motorbike would beat the Olympian, the, the fast, the fleet of foot Olympians. It would have to be, you know, like the running club that runs through my neighborhood every weekend. They could come out and challenge the old motorbike. Nine. If the giant wiener isn't safe, you guys, right? It's unsettling when you think about it. The most famous wiener-themed vehicle in the world was targeted by catalytic converter thieves. If you've never had the pleasure, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is 27 feet long. It is a motorized wiener. It's famous. It's a cherished piece of Americana. It was in Las Vegas the other day for some public appearances. When the wiener pilot tried to get it started in the morning, it wouldn't go. Eventually, they had to get it towed to a place for repairs. Imagine being that tow truck driver, the one in charge of delivering the most famous motorized wiener in the world. There's pressure on you. You don't want to screw that job up, right? Anyway, the job was not screwed up. It got delivered, it got patched up, and the giant wiener was sent rolling once again. One time, the wiener mobile rolled into the radio station where I worked, and... Everybody goes out to get their picture taken with it. Wienermobile pilots are saints. And I'm not being sarcastic. It is not an easy job to drive the Wienermobile. First of all, it's hard to, literally, it's hard to drive it. It is a 27-foot-long rolling wiener, motorized wiener. It's a hot dog on wheels, a monstrous hot dog. So it's hard to take corners and stuff. But also... You roll into radio stations like you're dealing with media idiots like me and everybody's got some kind of innuendo joke or whatever for the giant wiener pilots. And it ain't right. And I just want to say, wiener mobile pilots, you're saints. Eight. Does this sound like it could be a hit on streaming services, you guys? Cocaine Island seems to use the formula of many popular shows. 
They're set on an island and also cocaine. According to the Vice article, enough cocaine to supply Australia for a whole year was found floating in the Pacific. Is that a lot? That's my first question. Like, how do they know how much annual cocaine supply Australia goes through? Well, we have a hard number. It was three and a half tons of cocaine. And it had Batman logos on it. So maybe it was Batman's cocaine. New Zealand police found it. It was tied up to buoys. They think it was in a place in the ocean where smugglers would rendezvous with the cocaine, pick it up and sell it in Australia. They say it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Three and a half tons is equivalent to a year's worth of cocaine for Australia. Or three decades, 30 years worth for New Zealand. That's kind of a funny stat from the police. Seven. How old is the world's oldest dog? Really, the question should be, how awesome is the world's oldest dog? The answer, very. Or on a scale of one through 30, how awesome is the world's oldest dog? 30. That's also how old the world's oldest dog is. Bobby the dog is 30 years old, and that is a world record. Bobby is Portuguese. I'm not good at judging ages, but I'm going to say that's a youthful-looking pooch. Bobby has a friend who's a cat also, and I think that's a terrific message of peace. Cats and dogs getting along, you guys. I'll tell you what, when you go to the show notes, when you see the photo of Bobby the dog, you're going to look into those poochy pooch eyes, and you're going to be like, I'm not crying, you're crying. It's creepy. That was me impersonating you as an emotional response to a cute dog picture, but ended up sounding more creepy than anything else. Well, you know what? When I do something creepy, we should have a little music bridge before we launch into the next story. All the podcasts do this. Music bridge. Another dog story here. Dog says, whatever, I'll just rescue myself then. This was in the news a few days ago. The dog that walked 10 miles to an animal shelter rather than just wait there for assistance, the dog rang the doorbell. It was one of those video doorbells. So the photo got going around. You can see that photo. Click the show notes. We have the video footage too from the doorbell cam. Bing bong. Wow, that dog, it almost sounded like that dog was speaking English. Here's what happened. So the dog was adopted, ran away, used to live at that shelter. So found its way back to the shelter, rang the doorbell. And we got to say, shout out to the shelter crew. They got this alert on their doorbell app at like one something in the morning. And they were like, Bailey, Bailey. Did you just ring our doorbell? And they drove to the shelter to help Bailey the pooch. Five. We have a follow-up to the stolen monkey story. The fellow arrested for stealing monkeys from the zoo in Texas. I'm calling it Grand Theft Monkey, but I'm not a lawyer. 
Have I said that before? Because please quit sending me letters asking for legal advice. I am not a lawyer. I'm just judgy. There's a difference. This fellow arrested for stealing the monkeys says he'd do it again. According to reports, it's one of the things that's been revealed in news reports since our last check-in on this. We've also learned that he took the monkeys on a train to make his getaway. Very exciting. Isn't that already? I was going to say, that should be a movie. An animated movie. But I think it already is. If you want to do a deep dive into that story, we have a link in the show notes. Musical Bridge. How long is the new long kiss world record? This was in the news for Valentine's Day. A South African lady and a dude from Canada went to the Maldives and broke the Guinness world record for longest kiss underwater. Four minutes and six seconds is the record. The longest underwater kiss ever. The record setting smooch occurred in the pool at a resort just for reference, if you're like, could I do that? Do I want to practice? Is this the one that gets me in the record book? Well, this kiss lasted longer than the eagle-eyed cherry smash hit, Save Tonight. If you could kiss underwater longer than Save Tonight, you have a chance. Oh, I'm already winded. Three. Where are we on shooting down UFOs at this point? There was a Wired article that came out the other day. I'm going to read this quote. It kind of sums it up. They're uh, talking to an expert. The expert says, this isn't new. We just hadn't been detecting them in the past. I suspect that filters on U.S. systems had previously been ignoring things that were too slow, too high, or too small to be considered threats. Now that the parameters on the filters have been adjusted, we're seeing more of what was already there for the past few years. Latest is that the other mystery objects, not the spy balloon, but the other things, were probably just balloons from private entities, not alien craft, not more spy balloons, just basically trash, air trash. I feel like air trash would be a good nickname for a bad basketball player. I'm not sure. Floating it out there. Ooh, this cautionary tale is a sad story that serves as a warning. And this happens every year. A fellow who wanted to book a vacation to Sydney, Australia, ended up booking a flight to Sydney, Montana. They're spelled differently, but they sound the same. We've seen this happen with Sydney, Nova Scotia. Also, this fella is from New York, so he spent one night in the wrong place. Then he flew back to New York to go to the other Sydney. If you're planning an exotic trip, Here are some of the biggest destination screw-ups to avoid. Maybe you're planning one of these destinations. Just be careful. Memphis, Egypt versus Memphis, Tennessee. Melbourne, Florida versus Melbourne, Australia. Lebanon, New Hampshire versus Lebanon, the country. Glasgow, Scotland versus Glasgow, Montana. Another Montana. Paris, France versus Paris, Texas. Well, I think either one would be Exotic. Beverly Hills, California versus Beverly Hills, Texas. That one would be you get off the plane and you're like, what? Where? Huh? Where's Paris Hilton? Moscow, Russia versus Moscow, Kansas. 
Naples, Italy versus Naples, Florida. That's another one where I feel like if you thought you were getting off the plane in Italy, you would be disappointed. No offense, Florida, but disappointment. One. I'm going to read this one word for word because Global News nails the headline. Part of the sun breaks free and forms a strange vortex baffling scientists. So according to the story, scientists are baffled, yes, but also excited. So a piece of the sun breaks off and it is strange. What does that mean? This is a tweet from Dr. Tamitha Skov. Talk, Talk about, about polar, polar vortex. vortex. Material, Material from, from a northern, northern prominence just broke away from the main filament and, and now is circulating in a massive polar vortex around the North Pole of our star. Implications, implications for understanding the sun's atmospheric dynamics above 55 degrees here cannot be overstated. Exclamation. Exclamation. I didn't understand any of that, Dr. Tamitha. As near as I can tell, the piece of the sun that broke off formed what I would call a sunnado. Dr. Tamitha, why don't you take my word and use it in your next tweet? I feel like people would understand that. Sunnado? Hey? Oh, it's oh, it's a stupid word. Oh, okay. Another expert is quoted in this story as saying weird sun stuff tends to happen every solar cycle. So every 11 years. I'm not exactly sure what this means for us, you guys. What are we supposed to do? Panic? We should all panic, right? My philosophy tends to lean into living a panic-driven life. But I will say, as long as the scientists can still be reached for comment, we must be okay. If they ever ask scientists to comment on a story and all the scientists have gone to live inside Stone Mountain or something, then I feel like that would be a bad sign. Okay, that is that, and we are done. And if you want show notes, you can go shownotes.page. That will get you back to all of the stories we talked about, the photos, the videos, all of it. And uh, that is also where I will put a link to our new enhanced video podcast. You can check it out on the YouTubes. What a weird week on the YouTube. I guess that's that. We have a long weekend here in my neck of the woods, a family day. I'm not sure if we're going to do a, a bonus episode like we did last week. Depends if the family's getting along well or not, I guess. If we have one of these knockdown, drag them out Scrabble games and everybody's mad at everyone else, maybe, maybe I'll hunker down in the home office and crank out another podcast. Hey, you guys, I don't know what to hope for.